0: Welcome to the Service Management Leadership Podcast with Jeffrey Tiefertiller. Welcome back to another Service Management Leadership Podcast, back with friend David Cannon talking about service management basics. Welcome back, David.
1: Thanks, Jeffrey. Good to be back.
0: Oh, yes. So let's talk incident management. Every organization that does anything service management does incident management some well some not so well but everybody tries it because incident management is front and center to what we do if something's down front and center so what are three ways to improve any incident management practice or process and i say improve but you know we all none of us do it a hundred percent how could you know what are some basics people could use to uh, improve
1: um so i think jeffrey i think uh talking earlier uh, we were talking about how everybody's three points will be different
0: oh yes uh,
1: so these are my three points um and i think they will help but they're certainly not the only three points so again be interested to hear from uh, from listeners and viewers please comment respond back to this i'd love to hear uh, what your opinion is on, on, on how to improve every incident management uh, practice or process. Um, my first one is uh, to, to counter the fact that incident management is perceived to, be, to belong to the service desk or maybe service desk and second level support and um they're responsible for it and the rest of the organization you know every now and again will get called in to support it but it really other than that has nothing to do with us it's more of a political issue than anything else in fact for incident management to work well every technology um, person resource should be involved in incident management in some way Uh, for example Uh, When something doesn't work, and we know we can prevent it next time, surely one of the engineers who figured out what we could do to prevent it should update the known error database or the knowledge articles. But what we often find in organizations is, well, you know, you're the service desk, you do incident management, you update the knowledge articles. And, you know, that's, that's just not how it works. The incident management is really, it goes across the whole organization. And it even goes into, uh, into the consumer part of the organization, into the business units. One of the important things about incident management is you need to detect it as soon as possible. So it's very important for us to be able to, to resolve incidents effectively and quickly it's, it's important that we find out about them in time, that we get the right information on that first call or through that first uh, email or whatever method we're using to get that, uh, to, to get that information. Incident management is really, it, it runs across the entire organization. We all have different roles to play in incident management. And so the very first thing I would do to improve incident management is to get key stakeholders into the same room and, uh, and and give them a way of um, of figuring out what their role in incident management is. Take a case study of something that went wrong earlier in the month, and let's look at how we can improve the incident management process moving forward. Specifically, poll the engineers. Specifically, poll the um, the business leaders who were involved in the incident it's important that they understand this is not just something you shove off onto one IT group and then just disappear. We're all involved. We're all stakeholders in this process. So that's my first thing. I think the second thing is to relook at the categories, uh, especially uh, how we calculate priorities. Um, In many of the tools that we use today, The categorizations that we use are very simple. So, for example, if we look at an SLA SLA field, the service level agreement field, we will find that the only thing that counts is, how long do I have to fix this incident? Actually, that may not be the most important thing in your service level agreement field at all. Um, How long you have to fix it may be secondary to, um, can I give you a piece of uh, loan equipment? Or uh, is there an alternative that you could work with in the meantime? These may have been agreed with the person who's using the service before the incident occurs. And if we don't know about them when we're trying to resolve the incident, we're going to get it wrong. So it's very important to include the right kind of information in your categories, or at least link them to the right kind of activities, the right kind of artifacts, to be able to provide support the other one is priority uh, how many organizations use a single priority code so uh, somebody phones into the service desk and they say i've got a problem with this and they say it is extremely important and i'm very important so i need this to be a priority one okay it's a priority one how did we get to priority one what impact was there what severity was there um you know what what are all the other incidents that are occurring at the same time if we don't take these kind of things into account and if we don't have a proper way of identifying them your priority code is just always going to be based on a, on on a, on, a, on a gut feel and quite honestly that's that's always going to get us into trouble um and then it's very easy for us to say oh well that really wasn't a p1 it was a p2 and we'll just de uh, deprioritize it no problem at all then the then the clock stops counting we, we can't have that kind of thing there's got to be a lot of clarity about how priorities are defined it's not just one code there are there are at least three different inputs into the into that priority code and we need to understand how each of them work um Categories as well, I think it's really important to have the right level of categories, maybe not so much for incident management initially, although, of course, it's important because if you get the wrong category, we send it to the wrong team or we look at the wrong uh, solution database. So it's important to get it from that point of view, but it's also important to get the categories right for doing uh, trend analysis for identifying future potential um, uh, problem areas. And resolving those before they become incidents so very important look at the categories and make sure that they are consistently applied. And then the third area is related to this to the priorities, which is um, learn how to focus on actual impacts. And we very often impact codes are this kind of field that we fill in and that's a very subjective thing. Um, But actually, the impact should be very clear it should be very clear that if a certain type of incident happens, then this is the impact. Then these are the things the business unit that is reporting it cannot do. And uh, that means it's really important. And that means it's really urgent. And that means there's a high impact. And that means it should be a high priority. So one one of the ways I saw this working in an organization that I was working with is that every week, they would take um, Let me. before every week. Uh, the initial thing was they had an incident and it was a really important a, a critical system went down and it happened in the middle of the night. And the third shift was on. And of course, they'd been putting the most junior inexperienced people on the third shift. So the person picked up the phone, took the call and said, oh, that doesn't sound that serious. Put it as a P3. Didn't wake anybody up in the middle of the night. You know, it's like, I don't want to wake up my manager. So the thing was left unattended until the next morning. And then, of course, everybody started getting into work and it was was absolute chaos. And uh, as a result, they did a review and the review, as part of the review, Um, one person said, well, you know, we need to create a separate procedure in our incident management um, uh, database for this. Like, well, hold on. Do you really need a separate procedure? Or do you really just need people who are on the service desk to understand better how to tell what the impact of the incident is? And so what they did is they started this weekly 15 minutes on the weekly meeting and they would get everybody in there, and they would outline an actual incident that had happened the week before, and they would get people to go through it. No blame, no names mentioned. Uh, The whole point was not to try and figure out who did what wrong. The whole point was to say, what can we learn from this? If you get a call like this, how would you answer it? And they would use that 15 minutes a week, first of all, to learn how to assess the the, the impact, but secondly, also for people working on the service desk to show some ways of improving how you could handle those kind of um, of incidents. So, you know, I would say when you're assessing impact, uh, look at principle based impact. In other words, understand how to define what the impact is rather than rules based. If it's this, then it's that priority. Yeah, you because know? rules rules based, you have to have thousand rules and nobody can learn a thousand rules but when it's principle based all you have to do is ask a few questions and pretty soon you get a very clear picture of what the impact is. So those are the those are three of the things. Of course I know we could go into tools and we could go into self-help as well. Um, But to be honest for me um, putting those tools and bots and knowledge articles in place don't really work very well until you've actually taken care of some of these basic things.
0: That's a great thing because I would have started with make sure that we we detect well because can we detect before the users feel it? I would also invest in knowledge. I know uh, you and I would have a great conversation. This and the only reason I I would do in knowledge, David, you and I are at a certain age where there are people younger than us that much prefer looking up an answer versus uh, versus calling in, and so helping with that knowledge base, especially given the complexity of our, you talked about principles yeah. based, and, you know, just yeah. having all that stuff. And then the I would, last one, yeah. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I, was say,
1: I would totally agree with you that knowledge is critical. But your knowledge should be based on meaningful input and an understanding of the context in which that knowledge is going to be used. You can't just write knowledge articles in the in the thought that maybe one day somebody's going to stumble right. across this article and it may be meaningful to them. No, the knowledge article has to be very clearly defined according to the context in which that incident is occurring. And this is another thing. You know, we'll, we, we can talk at length about this, but one of the things about knowledge management, it has to be continuously reviewed yes. because the context continuously changes and articles will go out of date not because the content itself is wrong, but because the context has changed how that knowledge article would be accessed and how it would work and what it would mean. So you know that that's why uh, to me knowledge is critical of course, but it does take uh, it, it it does take a knowledge of you know what the actual impacts are and and I didn't mention this, but for example, what was that user? trying to do when this incident occurred what what is the clear view of the impact of this incident
0: yeah Yeah. the focus on value and the last thing the last thing I would just say is the communication and handoffs between groups and stuff like that because that's where I see a lot of incident management groups really failing is you assign it to network and it's really database and it stays in the network team or it's a P1, it really needs to be escalated to our major incident, or how do we communicate to our users? You know, I mean, just all that soft, I want to say soft skills, but it still oh, it's underpins, underpins yeah. what you were saying in terms of, hey, we have to focus on value. Oh,
1: absolutely Maybe. critical. And, and you know, part of that communication is how the different groups are measured. So again, some recent experience that I had is is every group had their own way of measuring their performance when it came to incidents. And so immediately, the first thing they do when they get an incident is to adjust the categories yeah. to fit with the way in which they measure performance. And that, that is a barrier for communication because you're talking at cross-purposes. Whenever you, So let's say I try and escalate that incident because I'm sitting on the service desk. and so now suddenly I'm dealing with the group that doesn't view the incident the same way as I do. And whatever communication I have immediately becomes contentious. Well, why are you trying to tell me how to do my job? Why are you trying to rush me? I've got a hundred things that are more important than this kind of thing. Uh, We've all been there. Um, so, you know, we've got to, that communication is absolutely critical and getting everybody to recognize the fact that they own the same incident management process end to end. They don't just have a little piece of it. They're all responsible for the whole process.
0: Oh yeah. And this is a great conversation and, and yeah. maybe in the future we'll, we'll dive another level deeper in all these topics, but I, I think just us talking about incidents and incident management helps the people who are dealing with these day-to-day. So thank you for sharing your your knowledge, David. It, these are great conversations.
1: It's a pleasure. And I'm just, uh, I love having these discussions with you because it just kind of reminds us, reminds me of kind of where we started and just how often I have to keep going back there.
0: Oh, yes. Have a good one. And uh, next time we'll be talking about change enablement, change management.
1: That's one of your favorites.
0: It is. That to be. Have a great one, everyone.
1: <laughs> okay. Bye.